What's up, guys? It's Miki, and welcome back to another episode of Blank Canvas. How did y'all enjoy the episode with Chris? Did you like it? Did you enjoy it? I loved it, and I can't wait to have him back on. Thank you so much, Chris, for joining me on Blank Canvas. More episodes with the Inner Circle will be coming. It's just all about planning and strategic drops. You know, your girl is always coming with a plan. I think everyone who's been on so far, BK is definitely my creative baby. So it's nice to collaborate with some of my people on it. I've seen them do their creative projects and businesses from the ground up. It's so cool to be on the other side. Cheers to more greatness in the future. All right. So the first thing that I want to talk about this week is knowing that something can be deeper and greater, but you're holding yourself back from fully experiencing it. And I just want to preference this by saying not everything boils down to sex, romance, romantic relationships. Um, There are a multitude of different kinds of relationships in this world. There are family relationships. There are friendships. There are business partnerships. There is, you know, maybe church relationships. There are plethora of different kind of relationships. And I feel like this can apply in any kind of relationship that you have. Not saying that it can't apply in a romantic, but when people talk about relationships, it's like the first thing the human brain a lot of times goes to is, well, this has to be about romance. And a lot of times it's not. I It can be, but I feel like a lot of the core principles and different things of how to have a healthy dynamic and relationship with a human being, period, can be applied in all areas of different type of relationships, not just romantic. But bear with me and try to follow my mindset, okay? So have you guys ever had a relationship with a person? And it could be great. It could be good. It could be great. Um, but you know for a fact that it's not what it has the potential to be. You know for a fact. Like I can feel literally in my chest and I can process very well in my brain that some relationships in my life are great. They're not bad, but I know that they can be a lot better than they are. And unfortunately, Different things happening in life can stop that. Multiple lies can stop that. Not trusting a person or trusting them to the point where you're used to can stop that. Different pains from other people and cause you to, you know, bleed on the people who didn't cut you can stop that. Um, Maybe having higher expectations for it and then being let down and being disappointed can stop that. There are so many things that can stop that. Repeated patterns and behavior can stop that. Not feeling like a person values your worth, your loyalty, your trust, um, your vulnerability can stop that. Actions, not matching words, and words, not matching actions can stop that. And it's almost like a weird conundrum because knowing 
that certain relationships in my life can be greater and deeper and it can give us so much more than what we're allowing it to give us and knowing that I play a role in holding myself back because of whatever reason, it's almost unfortunate. How weird is it to know that something can be greater than it is, but you're purposely holding yourself back for whatever reason? Um, I think it's so weird. And I, we all know that I'm really protective over my people. We also know that I'm really protective over myself. I've had no choice but to be. And I think it's a valuable lesson that any human being can learn. If you aren't going to look out for you, if you aren't going to protect you, who will? Or how can you place that that responsibility? And that's a big responsibility to trust another human being with your heart, to trust another human being with your emotions, to trust another human being with your soul. And you don't even want to protect yourself, your heart, and your soul right? It's a big job. It's a big job. I think sometimes even for us, it can feel overwhelming. We can feel like we don't know exactly how to do it. And there are certain situations that have happened to me and I've been lied to. And it's like, damn, not you. Or I've been hurt and it's like, damn, not you. And I think it's past the betrayal of the act of the situation and it's past the lie. I also process like taking away my choice, not telling me the full truth or not telling me the truth at all takes away the choice of me wanting to walk away forever. And that pisses me off to the max. Don't take my choice away from me. Now, I, I know there are other females that maybe process, process like this, and there could be other men. I've just never really sat down and never heard a man express this. But I mean, it's hard and most men express their emotions in general, so it's not that surprising. I am a kind of person that no matter what it is, it can be the most traumatic thing. It could be small, whatever, happy, good, or bad. Tell me what it is. Tell me fully what it is and let me decide on what I can handle, what I want to stay and deal with, what, you know, how I want to go about moving forward. And when you tell me if I'm asking you questions, it's because I need to fully process everything. I want the answer from you. If you let me, an overthinker, answer the questions (laughs) that I have that I'm trying to give you the space to answer honestly, I'm going to think the worst. I'm going to automatically assume it's way worse than it possibly ever is. And it does you a disservice in the end. Because now I'm thinking of you probably in a way that you don't deserve to be thought of. Now I have changed my behavior with you when I probably didn't have to. I've made something, and I'm not saying it's right. I'm not saying that I should automatically assume the worst. Why not give the benefit of the doubt? But I think it's so unfortunate because there have been so many times when I give him the benefit of the doubt, and then I get slapped in the face for giving the benefit of the doubt, and it makes me feel like, okay, girl, how stupid are you going to be? Wake up. (laughs) Like, how many times 
Do you have to see it for what it is? See the person for who they are. And then it's this mental struggle of going back and forth between a person is a person, right? They, They are who they are, but a person is not always the things that they have done. And you have to sometimes separate the human being, their intentions, the purity of their heart from some of the mistakes that they have made. The problem and lies where I give you an opportunity to be honest and you don't. The problem and lies where I literally watch you feel relief from pure lies. And it makes me question everything. You can say you love me. Do you? Is that to like soothe my ego? Is that just something to say? You can say you miss me, do you? Is that just something to say? You can say, I'm really here for you. Are you? I've been told that by so many people. And then life situations happen and you're like, yeah, you're not. Or you were here for a certain part, but you can't handle this. And that's okay. That's okay. Every human being cannot handle every single thing. I can't even handle every single thing. We do have breaking points and different Uh, deal breakers for a reason. And I'm not saying that's necessarily bad, but it does make me question every single thing. It makes me question why even be vulnerable with certain people? Why even open up to the level? Do you even deserve it if you would lie to me? How do I know that if a future um, incident comes up that you wouldn't lie about it when I ask for the truth? How do I know that? What you can say all day, I promise I won't lie. <laughs> but see, the problem is it's already been done. Information has already been withheld and it's been done more than once. So now what? Right? And again, this can apply to any area in any kind of relationship. And I think it's so, it's unfortunate and it's a weird place to be in because knowing something can be so great. I feel like it's almost like God wants something to be so blessed and so beneficial for both parties or every party involved. But we as humans, we either make the mistakes and fuck it up or we hold on to the pain and won't let the mistakes be fixed and move forward and move past. And I remember Pastor Mike from Transformation Church, he preached on this one time. He said that, you know, a lot of pastors and stuff want to use the scripture of like the the press down, shaken to and you get it back in good measure or whatever. Let me find the actual scripture. It's from Luke 6, verse 38. And it says, give and it will be given to you a good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over will be poured into your lap for with the measure you use it will be measured to you and he made a good point he said a lot of times people pastors will only want to use that for money like give to the church and you'll get it back pressed down shaking together running over but he said that can apply in so many areas imagine if we didn't think about it in money what if we thought about it in love Give good measure and love, press down, shaken together, 
and running over. Give good measure and forgiveness. Press down, shaking together and running over. Give good measure in faith. Press down, shaking together and running over. And I thought about times that I've lied to people so easily because that would be a lie to sit up here and act like I've never lied in my life. I've done it so many times and I've had my own reasoning and reasoning that could be, I don't want people in my business reasoning that I know that if you find out the truth, you're going to make this situation mm-hmm. about you and it has nothing to do with you, nor is this, you knowing this information going to make or break your life. You're just being nosy. Um, I've also lied to protect other people. I have, I've had a multitude of reasons for lying, but I've lied before. So should I be so surprised that someone else has lied to me? I don't get to choose how and where it comes back from. I may have lied to people that I didn't care about lying about And I would have let them go to their grave believing the same thing. But I don't get to pick whether people who I love lie to me. And if they're okay with letting me go to my grave and believe the lie. I think that's another thing. Like, if I have to beg you for the truth when I already give you the opportunity to tell me. Does anybody, let me tell you, if you watch Grey's Anatomy... Go back to, and this is a romantic example, but again, remember this applies in all areas. Go back to when Owen cheated on Christina and she took the day off and she wanted him to run through every single detail. My brain works like that. She and Owen was like, I don't, I don't want to sit up here and hurt you and tell you everything, but she needed to know every single detail, paint the picture understand your reasoning behind it every single detail mattered when it came to her processing and what did she end up doing she ended up forgiving Owen but she only was in a place to forgive him because he was honest and answered the questions that she needed him to answer and that's kind of how my brain processes no matter whether it's with a male or a female if i'm asking these questions it's for a reason and it may you may not want to answer because you may not want to relive the way you have hurt a person but sometimes that's the only way a person can process and how to get better and even get to a place of forgiveness because you're not questioning is this person telling me the truth you're not trying to move forward and still thinking in the back of your head i know it's a lie i know it's a lie i prayed on it i prayed on it my gut is still telling me this is a lie this is a lie this is a lie and it's hard to continue to build the relationship to grow deeper when even if you put the situation on the back burner you know for a fact that if you have a moment of thinking about it, you know that they have sat up there and lied to you. You know that you don't fully trust the story or anything yet. It It's hard. And then the next scripture that I thought about was Luke 6, verse 39. Jesus also told them this parable. Can the blind lead the blind? Will they not both fall into the pit? The student is not above the teacher, but everyone who is fully trained will be like their teacher. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? 
How can you say to your brother, brother, let me take the speck out of your eye when you yourself fail to see the plank in your own eye? You hypocrite. First, take the plank out of your own eye. Then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. And it reminded me of what I said, like the shaking down, press down and get measured. I've had people that I lied to, but I can't, I can't pick and choose on the ones that will, how karma will bring that back to me. And karma comes back with a vengeance. So nine times out of 10, I lied to somebody irrelevant or I lied about something irrelevant and I got that karma back. (laughs) Double fold. You get the pain back. Double fold sometimes. And I also can't be in a position to not forgive if I want Jesus to forgive me and I want others to forgive me and I don't want to be held hostage by my mistakes and different things. And I just think about the way that I protect myself. If you're not driving, close your eyes and picture, do you guys remember the flaming sword that was supposed to be guarding the Garden of Eden, spinning around and around and around? That's what I feel like I put around my heart, my soul, my spirit sometimes. Those flaming swords that if you touch it, you're burning, you're dead, you're done. Or you won't even attempt to get close because you know that these swords are no access. You have no access. And I can't constantly have those flaming swords going round and round and round and round. And then another thing that it made me think about was the scripture about love. You know what I mean? (laughs) So what is love? The biblical way, I think love is so much, but just short in the biblical way, first Corinthians verse chapter 13, verse four, love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. Mm. One of the biggest parts, it keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, and always preserves. And I think about that being one of the the simplest forms and truest definitions of love and wow <laughs> wow i'm not there i think i exhibit that sometimes but i don't exhibit that all the time and what i'm working on is how to exhibit the true definition of love how to let go of the wrongdoings how to trust in spite of the lies, in spite of the mistakes, how to not question, is everything a lie? Or if you're ever put in a situation where you feel the need to lie to me again, how do I trust that you won't? How do I stop myself from shutting down completely and even wanting to be vulnerable with the people who have hurt me? Because, you know, I'm like, that got the flaming swords going around, like no access anymore. And that's just not a way to be. It's not a way to be. So I know that was kind of like all over the place a little bit, but that that's kind of my thought process of being in the weird place of knowing that something can be deeper and greater, but you are holding yourself back. 
So the next topic that I want to talk about is feeling my mindset change slowly on the timetable of my life. So in season one, way back in the beginning, if you scroll down to the beginning episodes, I have an episode titled Feeling Behind in My 20s. It gives a pretty much generic description of being in my 20s, feeling behind, feeling like I should have so much more accomplished, blah, blah, blah. Go back and check that out for the whole story to kind of be painted. And then as you listen to other episodes along the way, you'll hear me touch on different aspects of how I either still feel behind or how I'm kind of processing, um, not necessarily reaching the American dream, if I even believe in the American dream and getting to certain uh, little different accomplishments, achievements, or milestones, that would be a better word, milestones in life when I felt like I should get to it. And, you know, when I think about buying a house and living on my own and all these kind of things or being married and having children, I remember looking at my mom and when I was younger and it was just me and her, there could have been a different story, but I always felt like we weren't in survival mode when it was just me and my mom. I felt like we were thriving. We were thriving. We um, had we had our own house and it was great. We had a car. We had an abundance of food. We could get new clothes. We could go sit at restaurants and eat. Like we could live life. And I didn't feel like we were stressed and maybe mom was stressing behind closed doors and I didn't know or dealing with other problems. But for the most part, I never felt like we were struggling or in survival mode until later down in life. But when I was younger and it was just me and her, I felt like we were doing it. And because I had that example, I just thought that my life would be like that when I got older. Like, this is what it's going to look like and this is what it's going to be. Mom was able to do it with a kid. I don't even have a kid right now. I'll be able to do it without one. And even if I did have one, mom did it, I can do it. Mom did it, I can do it. But the times are different. And wages haven't gone up. The world looks different. It's just, it's not the same times of when our parents grew up and did certain things. And I think if we acknowledge that and realize that, we will also knock off some of that pressure. There was a study that came out probably about a week or two ago that said nearly 18 million American millennials and this is ages 26 through 41, have moved back in with their parents. 39% of them live there because they can no longer afford rent. People are struggling no matter the age to afford rent. You rent a house, it's ridiculous. You rent an apartment, you're paying the same price. You can probably get a whole house for with more space and more bathrooms you even attempt to buy a house don't even get me into the whole you can't afford to have a house kind of thing like your credit isn't good enough for something so you don't qualify for a house but I can qualify to pay this rent and put double or triple into this rental property throwing my money away when I could have a house with lower mortgage payment. I can pay I can pay fifteen hundred, but I know I can't pay seven hundred. What? Like make it make sense. Also, I saw um a thing about wages and stuff not going up. Let me see if I can find the picture. Here it is. There was a tweet by Dan Price and he said somebody else ever posted it on IG 
and I screenshotted it. He said, if your employer hasn't increased your pay by at least 16% since the beginning of 2020, you got a pay cut. If you got a 17% raise, it's really a 1% raise at this point. And then somebody else commented and said, average corporate company merit is 4% per year. So 8% since 2020 means you lost 8% value in your salary based on today's cost of living. And they said, it's real shitty out here, folks. And I couldn't agree more. So when we just think about how stuff is different, maybe it'll help take some of the pressure off or just be more realistic that what was able to get done back then cannot get done now. And even if we got paid what they got paid back then, that can't that can't afford anything now. So things and times are different. I just want to say, give yourself grace and just remember that your season is your season and your journey is your journey and take that pressure off of you. Easier said than done, but take that pressure off of you. Okay, so this topic may be slightly controversial, but I was thinking randomly about gangs the other day, and I just want to leave my little controversial opinion on it. So, yes, I know that gangs aren't necessarily good, but has anyone ever thought about, like, the root of, like, gangs? I was randomly thinking, and I felt that at the root at wanting to be in a gang is the community aspect. They become family, an extremely protective family at that. And that's what a lot of people want, people to love them, people to protect them and make them feel included. I know that's not the only reason people join gangs. And I know that there are plenty of them that will prey on the younger kids or leave them no option but to join. The lack of family or even like seeing it growing up and it being their normal is another reason that people will join. But I think inclusion in community is a big part. And again, obviously the violence isn't okay. But when you think about some of the root causes that exist, it kind of makes sense to me a little bit. The need for community is important for any human Unfortunately, people won't always go about joining the right version of community. I've even heard positive stories about them giving back, helping out different cities and neighborhoods, sometimes rivals working together for a greater cause. I'm not saying gangs are right, but it's always deeper than the surface stuff. I mean, if we can accept sororities and fraternities, no matter if it's the black or the white ones, you shouldn't be so shocked about gangs because when it comes to fraternities and sor- fraternities and sororities and they have the secrecy, the hazing, the cattiness about which is better, it sounds very similar to a gang or a cult if you ask me. But that's a controversial opinion for another episode and let me go ahead and stop before humans who didn't create me be out here trying to cancel me. All right, guys, it's question time. So I'm going to answer one question today, and here we go. They said, Mickey, have you ever had a time where you felt abandoned by God? Sometimes I find myself getting angry with him. Is that okay? 
Um, one, yes, that is okay to get angry with him. You know, some people will try to be all religious and be like, you can't get angry with God. You can't question him. Well, I'm going to do it in my head anyways. So whether I do it in my head or out loud, it's not going to make a difference. He knows my thoughts. He knows my heart. And I feel like not being honest with him, not showing him really where I am, not telling him really how I feel is going to create resentment, create distance, create space between me and God. And that's the last thing that he wants. He wants us closer. He wants us to be honest about our feelings and what we're going through so he can give us strength and our weakness so he can remind us of who he's called us to be so he can remind us what love feels like what grace feels like what forgiveness feels like the world wants us encompassed with like shame and and guilt and anger but god wants the complete opposite for us but in order for us to experience and remember and really feel his power and presence we can't be distant and disconnected and a big part it's of course not the only thing and of course it depends on the circumstance but a big part of that is because people aren't honest when they talk to God they're like God I love you no matter what I would never question you blah 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 and God's like but you are questioning me in your heart because if you weren't you'd be able to say it or if you weren't you wouldn't feel so far away from me and he's like my child come to me come closer um I'll give you an example of when I felt abandoned by God I had a time well I had a couple of times but one of the times is when I graduated and I had to come back home and I didn't just have to come back home. I had to come home to a home that I never wanted. I never planned on returning to. I had plans to have my life set up to where I did not have to return. And unfortunately I had to, God had completely different plans for me and I did felt abandoned by him. I did felt like bamboozled by him. Cause I was like, you got me out of this house you knew what I was planning. You saw the like setup and provisions that I was making. And then you bring COVID and you bring a pandemic and you leave me no choice but to have to go back. I was, I was angry. I was like, how could you help me escape this home and then bring me right back into the home? And he gave me a word in the middle of it one time. And he said, I brought you back. One of the reasons that I knew that I could bring you back was because I knew that you would be better at handling it. And I don't think God in that moment was trying to say like, you did a terrible job as a child handling it or anything. I don't think God was coming from that perspective. I just think he thought you are afraid to go back because you feel like it will kill you. It will break you. It will kill your soul, your spirit, your faith and everything to go back. But I know your strength better than you. I know your resilience better than you. I know what you can handle and what you can't better than you. And I had to remember that God would never put me in a situation to destroy me. He's not the devil. He is God. I think um, another big part of that is, is that it's so easy for God, for people to be like, God is, he is my Lord and Savior. Like you say it, but most people only like the Savior part. Like, I'm not going to hell. Okay, cool. That's it. That's like level one. I'm not going to hell. I believe in you, God. Yeah, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I'm safe. And then it's like a lot of people stop. But that's not where you're actually supposed to stop. That's literally bare minimum. That's the floor, not the ceiling. That is the floor, okay? But when it comes to God being our Lord, it's like, oh, you're trying to control me. 
Oh, you're trying to like change me. Oh, this is too much. I didn't sign up for this. I signed up to not go to hell, but I ain't signed up to really have somebody guide me to stay on the right path, to guide me to be a better human, to guide me to be more loving, caring, and forgiving. I didn't ask for that. I just asked to not go to hell. And that's what I'm doing. I'm not going to hell. So that should be enough. People are great at the savior part, but they are terrible (laughs) at the Lord part. And I believe that the Lord part is where a lot of people check out some scriptures that came to mind to kind of help you um, process this. If you are a believer, if you aren't a believer, tune out the scripture part. But if you are, hopefully this will help you. Um, Romans 8.1.8 says, I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. Another one is Psalms 34.19. The righteous person may have many troubles, but the Lord delivers him from them all. All right. You're going to have problems. It rains on the just and unjust. I say that all the time. But not only is the Lord the one that a lot of people check out on, right? He's there and he's going to deliver you from them. Now, whether he does it on your timeline or not is a whole different question and a whole nother reason I've been mad at God before, but he will. That's the truth. Humans lie. The devils lie. God doesn't. Okay. Another scripture that could probably help is, um, oh, John 16, 33. I have told you these things so that in me, you may have peace in this world. You will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. Second Timothy 3.12. In fact, everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. All right. But know that he will wipe every tear from your eye. He will be there to support you. He will uplift you. He will give you everything that you need. And even though suffering is a part of the world, I want to remind you of the scripture, 1 Corinthians 13, I think verse 13. And if I'm wrong, I'm sorry, but it should be close enough. It says, and now these three remain, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. So even bigger than your faith and even bigger than the hope is love. And if we go back to the beginning episode of what love is and what biblically they say love is it makes sense even if you don't believe in the bible and believe in it spiritually and you think about what love means to you how love can save or being loved wrong can kill how love can hurt but how love can also be so beautiful when used in the right way there is nothing more powerful than love when used in the wrong way or abused there is nothing more detrimental and then i can't even i guess call it love because if it's being abused and misused in the wrong way, it's not even love. It's a counterfeit. So remember that he loves you. He is there for you. Be honest about where you are. Be honest with God because he knows anyways. Do not listen to people who say you can't question him. Do not listen to people who say if you get angry, he's going to strike you down. God is a better parent than most human parents that we have. You know, humans are human parents are still human. So it's like, if you do this to embarrass me, it's a problem. Or if you don't go in the way that I want you to be and raise you to be, it's a problem. 
um, there's some kind of form of repercussion and punishment with a lot of human parents. And it's not to say that God won't necessarily punish us, but I think we get so accustomed to the way that human parents do that we put human characteristics on God. And that's not fair because he's so much better. He's so much greater. We can't even wrap our minds around the kind of love. I don't even think we can, we maybe can scratch a little bit by going after him, touch the surface of the kind of love he gives, but we will never be able to give each other the kind of love that he can give. So if you feel abandoned by him, call out to him, pray to him, read the word. If you don't want to read the Bible, get quiet, get still. And that's where you vent every single thing that you feel and you be brutally honest. You be honest with God because he's not just our savior. He's not just our Lord. He's Abba. He's our father. And he's a better parent than any other human parent. Even if you had the best human parents on this earth, God is still better. And he is still more understanding, more loving, more caring, more empathetic. Do not be afraid to tell him, I cannot find you. Ask him, Lord, please reveal yourself to me. Show me your light. Speak to me. And I promise you, I promise you, I will bet my life on it. He will show up and show out for you. Not only when you, you also have to be in a position and a place to receive it because he could already be there, but you're blinded by the anger and you're blinded by the, it not being done on your time to even notice like, Hey, I'm right here. You can't even see me because you're seeing red. So I would check all that. And I want you to feel okay with how you feel about being mad with God. Cause it happens. It's happened to me before and I'm sure it'll happen again, but that's my guy. Okay, I'm going to come back to him because if anybody's got my back, it's definitely God. I hope that helped. And um, I hope those scriptures will give you some peace and some comfort if you believe in him. And if you don't, I would just say, um, which obviously you do, you have to. But I'm talking about for other people that maybe can relate to this question as well. If you don't believe in God and you feel angry or lost quiet yourself center yourself and hopefully that helps the people who don't believe all right i love you guys Ooh, child, what an episode, what an episode. I hope this episode will be insightful. I hope this episode will be helpful to some people. As always, I hope the episode helps you feel seen, heard, and understood a little bit more. I hope it sparks conversation for deeper connection, deeper love, growth, and opportunity, and having the conversations that are hard, but that are a necessity to allow all of us to be able to connect on a deeper um, stronger level and really experience people fully to the way God created us to experience them. As always, I'm so, so grateful for you guys taking time out of your day to listen to little old me. I can't wait to see what we talk about next time. All right, guys. Bye.